What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by my good friend, Spencer Kite, to talk a little bit about Nathan Diaz. And the reason I got Spencer on and the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I've been thinking about this for an awful long time since the the Nathan Diaz Shamaya fight was announced and obviously it's coming up uh, this weekend over in the, the T-Mobile Arena in, in Las Vegas at UFC 279 um, and I feel like uh, not, not necessarily just the reporting of this fight but the talk around this fight and the narrative around this fight has been really kind of one-sided and that's that's fine if you choose to take a side and you choose to be uh you know pro whatever no problem but i think i I, and that's why i brought spencer on today and that's why i'm doing this i want to talk about i feel like there's three sides here right there is the ds side which most people i think are probably on then there's the ufc side which most people are probably not on but we probably <laughs> will start with our discussion with that today and then i think the fan side of it as well which is different maybe a little bit more nuanced and maybe different for certain fans but we will get into all of that today spencer thank you very much for 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 joining me and the first thing i'm going to throw at you from from the ufc's point of view right they have Nathan Diaz, who has been a needle mover, to steal the phrase from uh, from Dana White about Nathan Diaz, uh, for a few fights anyway. Um, and he has basically of his own volition kind of said, I'm on the last fight of my contract and I want to leave after this. Okay, if we're to, now we're, we're playing devil's advocate, we're looking at it from a certain side. Let's look at it from the UFC side. How can you have seen not react the way they're reacting to that? The <laughs> <laughs> simple question to start you off there, Spencer. I mean, first and foremost, thanks for for the invite. I I always welcome these opportunities. I mean, it's it's the thing you said to me when you sent me the voice note about putting this together and doing this. Right? We have seen this forever. And and listen, people, I'm not saying that the that the UFC and MMA is the same as professional wrestling, but we have seen this in professional wrestling. Four years, a guy's leaving, somebody's moving to a new company or they're leaving the business, whatever it is. And you got to put somebody over. You got to put the next man over. And I know that, you know, we don't like to look at it that way. We don't want to look at these fights that way. But like, why? Why not? Why not just understand and express it that way when you're looking at it from the UFC's point of view? What? What value is there? What is there intrinsically for the UFC? Do they still owe Nathan Diaz? Do they need to do for Nathan Diaz as he's exiting the company? Like, it'd be great if this was a a perfectly amicable agreement and everybody was friends and nobody had any hard feelings and everything was great. And they could say, we'll give you, let's, let's figure out a fight that you're happy with, that we're happy with. Have a great big send off. Thanks, Nate, for all the years of service, all of these different things. That's never been the relationship between the Diaz brothers and the UFC. And so this is old school territory wrestling promotion of great. You're done. You're leaving. Here's the up and coming kid that we want to look great when you're gone in your stead. Go and fight him. Go and put him over. And I mean, if it feels to me, it's funny and and I'm sure we'll get into it. This is one of those things where like, Nathan Diaz still has an opportunity to go out there and win this fight. Like, it's not like he's, he's not going to, 
you know, doesn't have a chance to win this fight. And so if he wins, the UFC can still figure stuff out, right? I, I believe Ariel talked about it with Chael Sonnen on his show a couple of weeks ago. If Nate goes out there and beats this dude, which we've seen him do, I was I was on press row when the guy that wasn't supposed to beat Conor McGregor choked out Conor McGregor. They can certainly go in the back and say exactly what Ariel said. Great, you screwed us. Here's a boatload of money. Go fight Leon Edwards. Or here's a boatload of money. Stick around. You set the thing up to, to have the outcome that is best for you, and you still have the potential for the outcome that you weren't expecting. It makes a whole lot of sense to me from the UFC standpoint. It, yeah, it is true. I, we, we, I want to talk maybe a little bit more about uh, about Shamayev in a second. But from the UFC's point of view, again, as, as you said, you know whether Shamayev is the right guy, whether this is the right fight or not, we can talk about it in a second again. But I, I just think, right, you have, you're the UFC, right? And again, let me say, and I won't keep saying this, but a devil's advocate from the UFC's point of view, Nathan Diaz is an asset that you have had for a few years. And that asset is just about to leave you. Like, should you not try to get as much as you possibly can from that asset as it going? And that's obviously a very hard thing to say as well, because as a human being, as a fighter and all of that. But the UFC, uh, like, uh, uh, there's a very few people in the organization, which I think the UFC have probably paid fairly or paid well. And Nathan Diaz is probably up there as one of them in recent fights anyway. Now, Throughout his career and throughout uh, his brother's career and other people's career, have they? Absolutely not. I would never advocate for that and never even say that. But it's it's not as if, you know, they've kind of used him up, chewed him out and thrown him to thrown him out, you know? Now, they might be throwing him to the wolves a little bit here, which we, we will talk about. But there really is... Uh, and look, you can disagree with that point of view, right? You can absolutely say, well, the UFC, they've made enough money. They they need to treat all their fighters way better. They need to do everything for them. You can, and I'm on that side of you, and I'm sure you're on that uh, side as well of it, Spencer. But to not look at it from the UFC's point of view and not see the logic, I suppose, in this matchmaking is, is wild to me. Like, they were talking about uh, Wonderboy Thompson versus Rachmanov as well. And a lot of people are saying, like, that's horrendous. Why would you make that fight? It's like, I'm the biggest Wonder Boy fan in the world. Look at him. Look at him there right beside, behind me there. And I think, like, that fight makes a lot of sense. If we're being yeah. honest, if we're, like, what's the, the problem as well sometimes in MMA, right? We look at Wonder Boy. We know him very well, and he's a very good fighter. We look at Nathie, as we know him very well. He's a very good fighter. But why don't we have the same feelings towards a Pedro Munoz? Are uh, Rafael Asunso, who have found themselves <laughs> in the exact same position for years as both of those two guys who have never won titles and everything like that. Now you can say, okay, uh, from Diaz's point of view anyway, and somewhat from Wonderboy's point of view as well, they have drawn money, they have been big enough stars for the UFC and all of that. And and they absolutely have, but if you want to look at it from an absolute pointer, fighter point of view and all of them in the same breath, <laughs> Let's have that same energy for everyone, and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like we always have that. But I, I don't know. I just, I just, it's baffling to me, Spencer. And I, and you're someone who's well. yeah, you're someone who's baffled by stuff more than uh, more than me usually. Um, that we just can't see that point of it. And I, I look to dis you can disagree with that point of it, no problem. But to not even talk about it or not even explain. It, it just feels a little bit to me like you know when a Colby Covington fight happens, and you can call him a horrible human or whatever you want or grand, no problem. 
But to not talk about Colby Covington's ability as a fighter and all that because right. you're look, talk about all sides of the story, absolutely. But when you're talking about one side of the story or half a side of the story or missing a big part of something, it just it just makes no, no sense. And now I'll, I'll say it again, and for the last time, I'm not advocating for any of this. I just think right. we should tell all sides. We don't want to get into like Fox News versus CN, CNN, American fucking politics where you're taking this side and that side. If you're covering the sport properly, if you're looking at the sport from, um, you know, you know, fr- wholly, you should look at it wholly and talk about it wholly. And we'll do that. And maybe at the end of this, we'll, we'll come up with the idea. But is, have you any thoughts on that before we move on slightly, I suppose? Well, I mean, there's so many pieces of that that are that are so true and like fit when you think about it's almost a suspension of belief. It's a suspension of of sort of applying things that we know and hold true in so many different areas. Right. The thing you started off with about Nathan Diaz is an asset and that asset is leaving. Do you not want to maximize it? That's an axiom. That's an idea we hold for sports franchises all over the globe in every in every sport. Right. An NBA player says he's unhappy and he wants to leave. Well, are you going to trade that person or let that person leave and not get any return? No. Every single person in their right mind says, well, you have to maximize your return, to maximize your asset. Donovan Mitchell wants to leave the Utah Jazz. They're not just going to give him away. They want three unprotected first round picks and a bunch of good players because we can't get a guy like that here ever again. And he's leaving. So we want some return. But that happens in the UFC and people go, no, they, they have to do better by Nate. But then the second part of that is no one gives a shit about doing better for Pedro Munoz or Rafael Asensio. And it's because, let's be honest, let's be quite blunt and frank and clear here. MMA fans play favorites all the time with everything. And they only care about a handful of people. Nathan Diaz happens to be one of them. They look at the overall totality of his career compared to the overall growth of the UFC and say he deserves so much more money. Over the course of his career, absolutely. Every single one of these fighters, as you and I have talked about many times here and on Severe and and everywhere, deserve more money. When you have a company that is valued at what the UFC is valued at, that wealth should be spread around. There should be different things in place that ensure that, but there are not. And that is not incumbent on the UFC to put in place and say, hey guys, let us help you get some of this money and come in on the athletes. Additionally, Ian Diaz has been paid really well for the last few years. And so should they, should he have earned more? Everybody should have earned more. Is he doing okay right now? Yeah, he's, he's doing pretty okay. And so if the UFC wants to approach this in the way they are, I get that everybody likes to be mad at the big bad wolf and, and hate the company, but if you're in that chair and you're making that decision, you're doing the same thing. You're you're looking to see if you could get Hamzat Chamayev over. You're saying, thanks, Nate. It's been great. Here's the last boatload of money we're going to pay you. Go and do whatever it is you want. And again, as I said earlier, if he happens to go out there and throw a wrench into the plans, you can still back a Brinks truck up and be like, hey, man, do you want to stick around? He'll have a choice then of, of come back or not. But you can still make that offer. Like, you can still walk up with the blank check and be like, tell me what the number is. If he says, no, I don't want to do it, fine. That's his choice and his right, 100%. But this, to me, is, is the absolute right play for the UFC. 
has a number been thrown in Nate Diaz? That is a question I would ask. Because, <laughs> like, I, I think it probably has maybe a year ago or 18 months ago or whatever. You know, he fought Leon Edwards in June of last year. So, what, we're coming up on, what, 15, 16 months uh, since that. Like... I wonder, did, did the UFC make an offer where, whether it was... Uh, I don't think they'd be giving Nathan Diaz a downgrade or anything like that, but uh, maybe they offered him the same contract or the same terms or whatever, and he didn't, like, turn it down. No, I, I don't know if that is the case, but it seems like that that has been what has kind of happened here. Nate Diaz was like, do you know what? There's And we'll talk about what's going to come after in, in a second, but like maybe I have other opportunities outside of mixed martial, arts, mixed martial arts, which we will get the Like, at that point of view, when Diaz turns it down, like, where are the UFC actually supposed to go at that point of view? Because, like, Nathan has made the decision. So we can be all anti-UFC and everything like that, but it's actually like... They're both in the same sort of decision-making process here. Nate Diaz isn't right. Look, I've gotten everything out of the UFC that I, I want to get out of my I want to do something different. The, the UFC are like, look, we want to get everything out of Nathan Diaz that we can, and we let him go, and we'll go the opposite way. We'll move on with our guy, Shamayev, and that's that. I feel like that's a part of it, maybe, that people are missing as well, that Nathan Diaz... Yeah. Nathan 100%. Diaz is not... He's not the victim here, is he? He's making it, this choice. Yeah, he's not sitting there saying, I'd like to be here forever. This is where I want to be, and they won't let me be here. He has come out and said, I want to leave. Let me leave. Let me go. I've got one fight left. I don't care who it is. Just let me get out of this because there's all these other things that I want to do. And so if if that's the approach, if that's what he's brought to you, you put him in the biggest fight you can to potentially maximize that situation. And so could the UFC have figured something out earlier with a different opponent and it not be Hamza Chamayev? It just be, you know, let's throw out different welterweights, right? Could it have been Santiago Ponzinibbio or Neil Magny or somebody like that? Sure. One, fans aren't as, as excited about that fight. Two, the UFC isn't as excited about that fight. Media isn't as excited about that fight. And so here we are. Everybody is getting as much they, money either, you know, at the box. Office. Everybody's getting what they wanted here. Nate's getting his last fight. It comes with a payday, probably a, a little back end on the pay-per-view and away you go to go pursue whatever it is you want to pursue. The UFC gets one last fight out of Nathan Diaz headlining a pay-per-view. They get the opportunity for Hamza Chimaev to go out there and run through Nathan Diaz and look further like a killer and position himself in the welterweight title picture. What, like, I don't, I understand the, like, bigger picture frustrations and bigger picture complaints. And everybody says, oh, it's a squash match and these different things. And it probably is, like, stylistically, let's let's be honest, and I'm sure we'll get into it. It probably is. It probably will be. Is it incumbent on the UFC to make this a, like, Nate gets a super winnable competitive fight so that he leaves on a high, like, that's not what we're, this is where we get back to the wrestling thing, right? Where it's like the last thing you want is the guy that's leaving to walk out as the departing juggernaut and the departing champion. Like you don't let the guy leave with the belt. You get the belt off him before he goes and you put someone else over. And that's what we're doing here. That's what we're trying to do. Now, the great thing about MMA versus wrestling is that Nate Diaz has every opportunity 
to go out there and screw this up for the UFC, which is part of why I'm excited to see this fight. Because if there's anyone in the history of this promotion that could go out there and just mangle up the plans, it's Nathan Diaz. It could very well be. It could very, <laughs> it could very well be. Probably not. Let's be honest. I think to look at it then, to kind of switch to the Diaz side, and we've kind of already, I suppose, talked about that. The one, I, I threw a tweet out there at the time, like he... There's no doubt about it, he's been drawn to the Wolves. If you're looking at it from purely a Diaz, you know, side of it, right. arguably the best welterweight in the world. I think most people probably would argue that Shemaev right now is the best welterweight in the world. No disrespect to either Leon Edwards or Kamara uh, Usman or Yaroslav Amasov or Logan Storley or whoever else is out there. With, with wow, it. you threw Logan Storley in there. <laughs> That's awful nice. That's awful nice. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. MVP as well. Where is he? He's up there. There he is. There he is. Uh, he, he won that fight. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gone, gone off track now. I, I just think, look, from Diaz, Diaz's point of view, right? I, I did, So the, the scenario you just brought there a second ago, with Nathan can come in here, win this fight, and throw everything up in the air. It felt like, right, we had that perfect storm but it was with a Conor McGregor fight instead of a Shamaya fight. That the UFC wanted to put Conor McGregor in the Shamaya role here, have him be- beat Nathan Diaz on his way out the door, bring McGregor back up, even more money in that, send Nathan away, finish off that trilogy. McGregor's on top of that. Nathan can go out now and say, you know, I beat Conor McGregor. I won the second fight too. Only the judges robbed me. And I, he can right. say that. Not true, but he can say that. Whereas if that had happened, it would have been win 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 plus the scenario you just laid out was probably even more possible with McGregor obviously coming off of you know shattering his leg and everything like that and McGregor at this point of his career anyway is I don't think what Shemaev is at this point of his career and a very much a winnable fight for Nathan Diaz imagine if he did that choked out McGregor walked out the door and goes I'm going to fucking one championship or Bellator or PFL or wherever he might be going to, it'd be absolutely massive for him. So that was, it, that was, that felt more like a 50 50. The UFC are putting him in a position where they're going to win, but Nathan Diaz is a, a very, very much a chance of winning as well. And I feel like this, look, I, I think they would have all done that and they all, all would have been happy with that. But obviously, McGregor leg break and stuff. And, you know, I don't know how much he's training. So we, we all thought he'd be back around now. I think he, I, I actually listened to my interview I did with him the other day and he thought he'd be back in June or July or something right. at that stage. And that just hasn't happened. So the, the biggest problem, I think, for the, that the UFC have done here and the, 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 the way I would say maybe pro Nathan Diaz is how they have kind of taken the piss a little bit, I would say. And they have, like, dragged it out, and they said, oh, we've offered him fights, and have they offered him fights? And they said, we'll wait for McGregor. And then they offered him Shemaev a while ago, and they're like, oh, that's not going to happen. And then Shemaev fought someone else, and, you know, obviously the Edwards fight happened a year ago or whatever. And now they offer him kind of Shemaev again as a a last resort. And it's almost as if he called their bluff and took the fight just to get out of there. Which is like uh, You have to look at that from Nathan Diaz's point of view And say he's at his absolute last ebb with the UFC Like from Diaz's point of view Is this just right I need to get out here Is, is that the decision here he's made It's like I, I'll have this fight I won't even do a post fight interview Walk straight out the door And I'll be on maybe the MMA or next, uh, next Wednesday To explain my situation right. or something like that I mean, I think so. That's what it feels like, right? That's what it seems is that he's just reached a point where 
And I don't know that it's even necessarily, I don't want to be competing in MMA here. I think it really is that there's other stuff outside of just MMA that he wants to do, right? He's talked about the Jake Paul fight and that's been sort of out there a little bit as a possibility and, a, and as an option for him. And so I think what you said is, is 100% correct. There have been fights along the way that he seemed interested in, that the other party seemed interested in, right? They tried to make that Dustin Poirier fight a whole bunch of times. Both guys were very into it, talking about it on Twitter, getting at each other, Poirier doing the like sign the contract, Nathan, Nate doing the like, I don't have a contract, dude. I don't know what you're talking Like they've tried to, there's been talk of different things. And Nate either, either Nate has not been officially offered them or hasn't seemed interested or whatever the case may be. We're never going to, fully know because the UFC is not pulling back that curtain. But this feels like, I think what you said is is the exact correct way to put it. This is him calling their bluff and being like, fine, I'll face that guy. And I don't think he cares what the outcome is. And I, and I don't mean that he's not going to be prepared, that he's not going to go out there and look to do everything in his power to get a victory. But I think he's just at the point of, I got to go. I'm done with this. And I mean, we've all gotten there we've all been there in various various different things right different jobs different relationships where you're like no i just it's time i gotta go and i think that's i think that's what happened he's tired of this relationship he wants to go see something else try something else and who knows maybe in in a year when whatever is on the other side of that fence where the grass is supposedly greener isn't quite greener we see nathan diaz come back around Yes, indeed. And let's talk about that other side in a second as well. But with, I want to look at it from, say, we looked at it from the UFC's point of view, Diaz's point of view, and now the fans' point of view. I think it's, this is a very weird one from the fans' point of view, because if you look at Nathan Diaz, right, his record over the last while, you know, it obviously hasn't been stellar, but he had the Anthony Pettis win back in 2019. Obviously, uh, you know, choked out McGregor back in 2016. He had the fun Edwards fight, the fun Masvidal fight, and obviously a classic McGregor fight in, in the second one. Um, and if we're looking at it from that point of view, a sporting point of view, a fans' point of view, like, I, I feel like people recognize what Nathan Diaz is, you know, and recognize that he is a draw and he is uh, a fun guy and, you know, a fan favorite. And when someone's a fan favorite, other fans become, uh, you know, favorited by him as well or whatever the, the phrase might be. But I also think, right, that we, we've seen it invariably. Dimitri Shanson there last week, we saw it, where he went away from the UFC, went to one championship, and suddenly we all, no, no, we didn't all forget about him, but the fans kind of forgot about him. It tends to happen, like, all the time. Like, Rory McDonald um, retired a few weeks ago, and there was, like, a low, uh, most people are saying, like, oh, he had a great run in the UFC and stuff, and he went down, he won the Bellator championship. Like, Rory McDonald has fought for, like, four or five years uh, <laughs> since again after that, and there's been, like, very little about him. Like, the hardcores look at him and stuff like that. I just feel like... Uh, MMA has had a very weird place at the moment where the casual fan out, uh, looking at stuff outside of the UFC and like, I, I, I just feel like Nathan is not going to be signing for Bellator or PFL and maybe if he does it'll be one fight a year type of thing like how much are the fans going to look at Nathan Diaz wherever he goes outside of the UFC I still very much think we're a, a, a premium 
product here for most fans and it's the premium product they're only going to look at and also to, to add to that before I throw it over to you Spencer I feel like fans of um, combat sports are getting absolutely sick of this Jake Paul shit I feel like it I feel like he's a busted flush I think it's I, I just think it's the end of him and he desperately needs someone like Nathan Diaz to um, you know to give him one last draw before he like I, I think Jake Paul is an, in, an unbelievably intelligent guy in certain ways a fucking idiot in other ways but <laughs> I, I think he he knows now that he needs someone like Nathan Diaz like he, the best thing he Jake Paul could ever have done was win seven or eight fights uh, you know, a little bit of an increase each time, then fight someone really good, lose, earn a lot of money, and go back to his YouTube. And could, like, I think Nathan Diaz is probably the perfect guy for that. But having said that, I think the fans are sick of that, right? Are absolutely sick of that. And we've no interest in this Jake Paul stuff anymore. You'll have the few, you'll have a few, and you'll have, you know, a few uh, media members trying to make a bit of money out of it and stuff. No problem. Fair enough if you want to do that. Absolutely. But I just think. Nathan Diaz you said about the grass being greener on the other side I think the fans are a big part of that I really really want before maybe we decide about where he's going to go to how much of the fan base that he has in the UFC now do you think is going to follow him and do you think like the same reaction that the fans seem to have now that go go on Nathan you do your thing you go your grass is always greener go to that greener grass how many of them do you think will be actually still supporting him when he does go over to the other side 12, 13. It seems like a lot. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, I, I feel like this is... So, I think there are genuine Nathan Diaz fans. I think there are a lot of people that absolutely appreciate his sort of anti-hero vibe. But that all, like, it's not as cool anymore when he's not fighting the man and the man's the UFC. And we see it all the time, right? Oh, my God, I love this person. I love that person. They leave the UFC and you don't hear anything about them again. They just they just disappear from existence, right? You mentioned a few DJ Rory. I laughed when all the, the DJ, you know, the DJ highlight rolls. He beats Adriano, Adriano Martins. Adriano Marais, sorry, not Adriano Martins. That is a welterweight from back in the day. And everybody does the like, oh, put some respect on his name. The only people that didn't put respect on DJ's name during his time in like post UFC are idiots, like just straight up idiots. He's always been great. Even when he wasn't fighting in the octagon, nothing changed. He's still the best. He's still DJ. He was this good when he was in the UFC and a whole lot of people didn't appreciate him then. And so I just think it's, it's one of those things where Everybody's rallying around the person that's making the noise that these people actually want to make themselves, right? Nate's, Nate's essentially a figurehead here. He's the, he's the lightning rod that's going up and pushing back against the UFC, and I want to be out of here. And there is a very big groundswell and collection of people in the online MMA world that just want to be behind anything that allows them to criticize and take aim at the UFC. And if that can be through Nathan Diaz, great. When Nate leaves, they're going to find somebody else to use as the way to criticize the UFC, or they'll just criticize the UFC directly. And look, I'm not saying the UFC is without criticism. There's plenty to properly and correctly and justly criticize them for and have at it. Go nuts. But like if it's, hey, I fully support Nathan Diaz, support him when he's gone. Keep paying attention. I want to keep hearing about him. And as for the Jake Paul stuff, 
I was out from day one. I've never been me in. Me too. Me too. Because, you know, I'm first, I'm, I'm old. And so he's not someone of my generation that I've ever paid attention to that I've ever understood. Then when it's, I'm fighting fellow YouTubers, fine, whatever, make your money. And, that, and as you said, I think in some ways he's really smart. He and his brother have done a great job to absolutely maximize their moments, their windows. Then when it started to be, well, I'm going to face, you know, these different people that I have an understanding of and that are part of my sphere of, of you know, what I watch and enjoy. And it's Tyron Woodley. And I'm, you know, spent a lot of years interviewing and speaking with Tyron Woodley. And it's like, all right, well, I get why Tyron's doing it and we'll see. But like, okay. And then when you can't get anything else going and the last one falls apart and it feels like now he's, as you said, it feels like he's recognized that he needs to do a little something different here. The the Hasim Rockman Jr. didn't really get any traction with anybody, but now that he's mentioned Anderson Silva, it's it's drawn those MMA people back in. It's getting them uh, back in. And Nathan Diaz reason. leaves, and Nathan Diaz comes out and is like, "All right, Jake Paul, let's do this." Those MMA people will be back in for that fight. It, they will, but uh, in yeah, I don't know how many big numbers. Like I, I think the Anderson Silva one is one that like people are kind of thinking, right? You're going to get destroyed in that, <laughs> so let's have it, and let's never see you again. Like it's not, you know, they used to call it Xbox heat back in the day. It's not even yeah. that. It's just like, and it's not even like the heat of say McGregor has it or Mayweather has it. Like oh, we want to see this guy lose, right? It's we, we want, want to, you to go away. Yeah, we never want to see you ever again. Sort of stuff, <laughs> right. like and I, I, you know, the the problem with that is right. If Anderson Silva does do that, where does Anderson Silva go after that? If Nathan Diaz does do that, where does Nathan Diaz go after that? It was the same problem with Francis Ngannou. It's like, oh, you're going to fight Tyson Fury, like on, without a shadow of a doubt, lose. Where do you go after that? You might get your your six million or your three million or whatever. My he was they were offering Chisora three million. I. I don't think he'd be getting any more than three million, if we're being right. honest. For that fight, where do you go after that? What do you do? And that's the question I feel like people don't ask. It's all well and good saying, "Yeah, fuck the UFC, get out of there." Grass is always greener. Right. You can get one fight, and then you're fucked. So, right, where does like the last couple of questions here? Maybe where does Nathan Diaz go? What does he do? What, what what's your call? And what do you think? Is it going to be that Jake Paul? Do you see him going for PFL? PFL are playing paying pretty well, but not maybe on Diaz money yet. But maybe they will pay Diaz money after paying, you know, Brendan Lachlan 175 grand or whatever it is, and and they deserve it, you know other people as well uh, where 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 is mean, your call you really think nate's gonna take 175 grand to, no no but to it, fight in pfl they have a pay-per-view like, coming up don't they and uh, <laughs> i don't know well, yeah. i mean maybe he does a maybe he does a one-off with them maybe find some way to you know kind of do a one fight deal someplace where he makes a boatload of money but this is this is the other part of the problem right the biggest money is probably sad as it is the jake paul fight but then, as you said, what do you do after that? Like, God love him. Still consider him a friend to this day. Talk to him for 12 years. Where's Tyron Woodley? Right? He got paid twice, got knocked out twice, or got beat twice, got knocked out bad the second time. Ain't nobody running around doing the like, Tyron Woodley going to do it for MMA anymore. And even if he'd and won, so, like, where would he be? And even if he won, where would he be, right? Hmm. He's not transitioning into boxing. He's not. What's Nate Diaz? 35 now? 36? 37, not, I think. I was just looking at it he's there. He's not suddenly going into boxing and making that transition. So this is about finding a one-off, two-off big payday 
And then hopefully it's enough that he can just, and, and like, listen, the Diaz brothers seem like very frugal gentlemen that aren't worried about, you know, having all this money around that they need to live opulently. They seem like they're pretty reasonable, reasonable cats that'll just settle in and live a minimal minimalist lifestyle. So three, four, five million to fight Jake Paul, probably do Nate okay. If we can get a rematch in there somehow, we'll double that, make it, get it up to 10. That's probably enough for him, but there's not a lot after this. And so again, if a year and a half from now, after Nathan Diaz has left the UFC, we suddenly have Nathan Diaz coming back to the UFC. I will be over here doing the pretend to be shocked face, just as you will. I I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. I don't think you will be. No, like, neither do I. But like, would you be surprised if, you know, UFC 300, Nathan Diaz versus Conor McGregor? Well, maybe. That, but that'd be a best case scenario, I think, as well for now. I always thought the best case scenario for Sandin Ngannou was to fight Tyson Fury and come back to the UFC. That'd be absolute best case scenario. I think the same could be said for Nathan Diaz. But the, the thing with Nathan, right... Uh, Maybe he is smarter than all the rest of us, right? And maybe he is saying, I'll fight Jake Paul twice, earn 10 million out of it, and that's it, good luck. Rather than having right. two fights in the UFC, maybe earn, you know, three or four million out of it, maybe fight McGregor and fight, you know, whoever else, maybe fight McGregor twice or whatever. Um, maybe he's just playing chess and the rest of us are playing checkers. And you know what? I hope he is, but... I'm you know, I read, I read that, same. I read that story that Sean Shadi did about um about Cole Conrad there, and it's like there aren't many Cole Conrads. You know, <laughs> there aren't many Cole Conrads right. who are smarter than the game, and I'm not sure if Nathan Diaz. Last thing here before we go, and you know, we obviously have the fight coming up this weekend. Let's be real about it. It's it's a, it's a fight between two guys, and at the end of the day, we could talk about all the politics and all the all the rest of it. Is Shamayev the right guy? You know, I I think we can, you know, we'll break down the fight and obviously the, the, the lads here and, and Sherdog and myself and you and everyone else will be breaking down the fight. But like, is Shamayev the right guy? Is Shamayev the guy you should be getting the, you know, the sauce, the ziti from, from, uh, from Nathan Diaz? Like, I think he probably is, but I, I don't know. Maybe there could have been a few different or better options. Maybe the McGregor one, maybe they should have held out a little bit more or some, you know, someone else. But or will this be the type? And I, I actually like, I thought this when the fight was announced and I kind of, I probably would stick to it. That Shemayev actually might come off as a bit of a heel here in that if he absolutely destroys Nathan Diaz a little bit like remember Rory McDonald BJ Penn like BJ Penn yes. was his fan favourite and then Rory absolutely destroyed him and I think people looked at Rory as an absolute killer there, it was ugly yeah but I, I don't I don't think Rory got like I don't think that no. won many fans it for Rory it didn't elevate him at no. all no could we have the same situation here yeah but I think Shemayev doesn't care like, I think he's happy to just play, like, he's happy to play the guy that just at the end of this, if he does go out and smash Nathan Diaz, jumps on the mic and just starts screaming again like he did, you know, after beating Lee Jing Liang. I'm going to kill everybody. I smash everybody. And he's happy to play the destroyer, right? He's not in this to be everybody's favorite fighter. He's in this to, to smash people and be part of the Super Smash Brothers with Darren Till. I don't know that it's the right fight. I, too, probably would have done the Conor McGregor thing. I think the Dustin Poirier fight would have made a lot of sense because it it fits for both of them, right? Even if Nate wants to leave after that, it's kind of the right thing to do with Dustin Poirier right now who feels like he's sort of 
out of the mix and and just looking to do the you know mercenary fights kind of thing take whatever big fight i can get that would have made more sense to me but again getting back to what we talked about off the top from a ufc perspective in terms of potentially elevating somebody and if this goes the way i think most of us assume it will go with hamza hamza chamayev taking nathan diaz down and just beating the holy hell out of him it's the right fight for the company and it's I don't even know that it's the right fight for Chamayev. I don't, I don't think this is necessarily going to change anything. There will certainly be people who are huge Nathan Diaz fans that tune in. This is their first exposure to, to Chamayev and they will go, Oh my God, look at this guy. And he's going to get the build up and the send up as a world beater and a destroyer. And so doing that to Nathan Diaz, there are people that will still take that performance and go, Oh my God, he's, It'll be everything that the UFC wants it to be, essentially. And so in that regard, yeah, it's the right fight. It's the right thing to do. This is this is where we got back. It's where we started, and it's where we get back to because it really just is the right thing to do. There were other options. There's certainly things you could do that are, you know, better for, for other parties as well. But the UFC isn't out here to, to make the things that are best for all parties. They're out here to make the fights that are, you know, they can say we're making the fights that are the, that are the best for the fans. They're making the fights that are best for them. And this is the best for them. Yeah, that is very true. And, you know, most of the time, uh, I I don't like to look at it from the UFC's point of view in terms of that. <laughs> but with this one, I think it'd be foolish not to. And, you know, as we close up here, I hope we kind of brought that for you today. And, you know... Just not necessarily, not necessarily that we agree with it. Not necessarily that I'm on that side of it. But you know, Dana White's always kind of throwing out these things like no one knows anything about this business. And sometimes, you know, obviously that's bullshit a lot of time. But sometimes as well, you look at the the reaction to certain fights and like, do you know what? He's he's right. And 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 hopefully we brought a bit of. Uh, the, the reality of the perspective of this fight here as well as perspectives from either side because these things are not that simple they're they're absolutely not that simple and there is a complexity to it but anyway we will leave it there um spencer thank you very much for joining me if you don't follow him over on twitter please do and get all of his stuff uh everywhere that he puts it out there at east spencer kite over on twitter you'll find it all there uh so please go over and follow him and consume all of his content I am Sean Sheehan, and this is Sherdog.com. We'll see you all next time.